Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, here we go, August 5th, Friday. We made it uh, uh, excessive heat warning today. My gosh, 98 degrees and sunny. Uh, somebody told me the heat index is like well over 105. Um, and it is hot. It's just one of those deadly hot days. And I don't know, when I get out in that heat for a while, it just makes me kind of tired. So I'm happy to be in the studio. Excited to have this drive time, Lincoln. Uh as you know, Johnny Cadillac uh, has been requesting, pulling on the commander's leg uh, to flip the script and do an interview here uh, of me. So uh, let me formally introduce the show. I'm Jack Riggins, host of Drive Time Lincoln, and Johnny Cadillac is the producer. Uh, and with that, Johnny, uh, what do you got on this Frogman Friday? Every time you uh, preview what our episode for today is... I just picture me begging, and I'm like, I don't remember it quite like that, but uh, I mentioned the idea. Well, and I maybe was... that's just the, the the host doing story time. Yeah, or, no, or maybe I, I it's get not. It. I at no points was I offended by what you said. <laughs> so uh, I just every time I'm like, hmm. But you know, we got to go tell a good story in radio always. We absolutely so. do. Uh, before we get going, let me remind everybody uh, about my support, and I want to encourage you to support Tunnels for Towers Lincoln, absolutely. Uh, the uh, organization right out in New York City that a lot of us probably just see on TV. Again, when I first heard of it, I think of Mark Wahlberg, the actor, out on many commercials, but this organization is absolutely helping uh, first responders. Uh, obviously, the genesis was right after 9-11, but uh, helping first responders all over the nation and right here in Lincoln. In Nebraska, they helped the uh, Herrera family tremendously pay off their mortgage, and that inspired the Herrera family to also get involved to help Tunnels for Towers in their mission um, and to raise money. So, August 27th, there's a 5K walk slash run. Uh, right now, they're over $30,000 raised. I want to get that to 50000 and get over 500 participants. I think they're at 300. So let's raise that, Lincoln, right, for for the next family, the next group um, that is affected by a tragedy because you know there will be one. Um, go to Tunnels for Towers, Lincoln, on Facebook, and you will see it right there. And you can sign up, and you can donate, and uh, let's support that great event. Okay, Johnny, you have the show. Oh, I appreciate it. This is what we call professional development in the Navy. It's like mentorship and professional development. So you've got the show. All right, so welcome to Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But... You never know what to expect, Riggins. <laughs> no, you just shocked me there. I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> I figure like I'm semi hosting today, so and that's what I'm used to saying when I host anything. And uh so shout out to my podcast. It'll be on every podcast platform here soon. And brought to you by each of the stations here at NRG Media, including KLIN. But now, you mentioned Tunnels for Towers, and uh, I wasn't going to start with this, but then it, it led me to a question right away. Um, obviously, we all know you are retired from the military. Do you still keep up an active workout routine at all, even with, like, jogging, walking, anything? That's a good question. Uh, walking, for sure. Um, the broad question would be no, not in the, uh, not in the I guess, way that I used to to stay operationally fit for SEAL Team and certainly not 
um, you know, as I did say in my 20s and 30s to be at my peak physical shape for SEAL Team. Um, but I do do more what I call a lifelong, like longevity plan, if okay. you will. And, and, and maybe it's wrong for me to say it's not working out. It is. It's just I used to work out to extremes for a very long time. And so, obviously, golf is a part of that. I generally walk the golf course. You know, oh, you're about, not you're not in the golf cart. No, I mean, I I do like this week. I have been, um, but geez, I I would say you know, eighty five percent of the time I walk. I enjoy it. Um, and if I don't walk the golf course, I walk um, about eight miles. Is what I try to do every day. And and honest, honestly, folks, I just saunter. <laughs> I'm not walking for pace. I'm just body movement. Right. Um, and then I also um, stretch, and I'm, you'll see me always into kind of stretching and things like that. But, I mean, I still play some hoops with my kids. You know yeah. what I mean? Not high impact, but I'm out and active. And also, um, I'm really into all kinds of new things for you know, stretching and mobility, I'm constantly studying that. And so kind of that stretching and mobility has probably replaced, you know, weight room and reps and, and getting stronger. And then cardio-wise, you know, it's really just walking. I just want to have a healthy heart as I get older. And yeah. and really, for me, I've had to just watch what I eat. I'm a, I am love eating, and so I've had to watch what I eat because I can put on the pounds quick. I think we probably averaged about four to 5,000 calories a day in SEAL Team. So. Was it treacherous to you then that uh, OG Steven on the text line mentioned that today is Sugar Cookie Friday? No, I saw that OG Steven great... Uh, Great post there for anybody with some inside SEAL Team knowledge. Uh, again, sugar cookie is a common SEAL Team uh, training tactic where they make you get wet in the Pacific Ocean and then roll around in the sand, and you have to be covered in sand from head to toe inside your uniform. And frankly, even throughout our careers, anytime you work, uh, Marines would know this as well, anytime you work around the ocean and you're up on the beach, you're going to just have sand everywhere, and you've just got to get used to chewing on sand grains but no no flashbacks no uh no 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 real grime i will say though if i hit a sand shot in the uh on the golf course and the sand like splashes back onto me you know i'll kind of i probably have more of a disgusted feel than the average person and this is how you know that i have no military background myself is when i read that text message i thought of the actual sugar cookies <laughs> so I was like, that's nothing like what I was thinking. <laughs> that's fair, though, Johnny. That's fair. <laughs> so um, I, I have a few more questions in mind. I want to talk a little bit about uh, kind of your military upbringing. But before I get anywhere else, um, we have callers call in every so often about we see texters text in. I have people running into me in public who will eventually be like, oh, hey, you're Johnny Cadillac. I hear you on Drive Time Lincoln. And I get asked the same question all the time, and I'm going to not give you that question because I know the answer and that, but I will want to ask, today is day 110 of your mayor exploratory. How's things going with that right now? Well, it's going good. Um, I have a, a good team of people that I trust um, that are both you know, in the political circles, and also I would say people that are very active in thinking about politics, but like aren't on the inside. And so um, we constantly are watching and talking about different ideas. And also I know that um, there are other conservative mayor candidates um, starting to get f to the point where, you know, they're seriously considering it like I am. 
and and we're discussing with them because I believe um, that it's good as a conservative group, meaning Republicans in the political sphere, that we kind of have a game plan of of what's best. Um, because in the end of the day, you have to win races. It's about if you're if we're talking politics, right? It's about getting your candidates and your beliefs, you know, to motivate people to go out and vote. And so, you know, you have to have, hopefully, a strategy to do that. And so uh, there's a lot of, I'll call it, you know, pre-meetings to pre-meetings, I think, before there's any movement. And I think that's wise because, as as I know, you know, what I do on the radio show and then what I do behind the scenes personally is, you know, we have a very democratically elected controlled city right now really not representative of the true population of Lincoln. Lincoln is a 50-50 town. If Lincoln was represented politically, you know, in a more 50-50 manner, um, I think you'd have a, a better, less divisive Lincoln, uh, better policies that support everybody. And and so, at least on my side of that aisle, you know, that's, that's where conservatives need to get out there and, and get the vote out. And so, what I've enjoyed the most is... Um, Learning from inside politics, inside people, you know, kind of how it works, at least at the city level, as well as, you know, the pros and cons to someone like me, you know, from their perspective. And then more importantly, meeting other people interested in being a conservative mayor for Lincoln, Nebraska. And um, because let's be honest, I mean, as a conservative, like that's what I would like to see happen. I and. And so that's been enjoyable for me is getting to know the personalities and the people and not just mayor. Let me add, you know, a team, meaning city council people, people running for school board. Um, So I've enjoyed that. And clearly there's people that have come on this show. Roy Christensen, Russ Barger running for state legislature on the conservative side. I've enjoyed that. And then probably just because I'm a lifelong learner, one of the things I've enjoyed is. Um, you know, and I'm not huge into the Democratic circles, but I've met some and I'm I'm, I'm meeting more and, and I've enjoyed meeting Democratic, um, not only uh, elected officials, but Democratic candidates and um, and operatives. Seriously. Now, do I <laughs> do I want them to win elections? I don't. <laughs> yeah. But but I enjoy the conversation as Americans because I very much cherish that that is a unique part of our freedom, and I, I don't think everybody um, has the same view of what our freedom is and necessarily how to use it properly. <laughs> so that you know, that's what I would say about that. Appreciate you bringing it up. Yeah, of course. Any any time I get the chance, I know most days, about half the week or so, you ask me or I tell you what day number it is of the exploratory, and then we end up not bringing it up on air. So anytime I get the chance to bring it up, I'm going to. Well, if people so. haven't figured it out, I'm not a I'm not a hugely analytical guy. I have to yeah. outsource any type of analytical uh, thinking and data crunching, and then I absorb it. And, and that's just how it was in the military, too, right? Like, we had the intelligence professionals, and, and everything, all the information was available to you. Yeah. But the difference is, is... You know, in leadership, you have to make decisions given the best amount of information possible at that moment. And so there's a lot of risk assessment and a lot of what we would call the art and science of leadership where, um, you know, you you have to make judgment calls. And so uh, I'm just not a 
a person that is going to be data driven. So even something as simple as what number are we on for the day, that would be something I outsource. Yeah, well, and to give kind of a behind the scenes look to the listeners who may be wondering, may not be, but I'm going to tell them anyway. Uh, before I started here as producer and I was, you know, just doing my training and I started listening to Drive Time Lincoln all the more often. And back then, Every day you came in on studio and you do your intro, and every day you said what number it was in the mass siege. You were a detainee, what, 3101? 3101, and yep. you were 722. Yep, absolutely. But even before my 722 days, and uh, you you gave your detainee number, and you said the mass siege number day, and then I start, started here, and I kept track of that number, and eventually you realized I was keeping track of it, so you stopped. <laughs> and then you said, all right, Johnny Cadillac, what day of the mass siege is it? And you know, every day at that point, we mentioned it. I remember, I could say it now because it's in the past, uh, I was out with COVID for a week, and right. I called in on the show because you didn't bring up the <laughs> mass siege. And so I called in as your producer from afar to remind the listeners what day number it was that day. Well, that's and, why we're a good team. And in, and in the military and anything I've done in, in teams and groups, it, it takes it takes a lot of people. And, <laughs> you know, I would submit to you that, you know, g- good leaders just have good people around them and they're smart enough to listen to them. But, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So from there, when you came with the mayor exploratory, you said, hey, Johnny Cadillac, I have a new number for you to keep track of, and and that's when we got to where we are now. Yeah, we're still so, going, and and you have a you actually have a long time. I think uh, candidates can go all the way up to February before they say anything. Uh, I would for much, the law what I've studied. I would much rather give a large number to what day of your mayor exploratory it is than what day of the mass siege it is. Like I want to be done with the mass just like you do. And uh, yeah, no doubt about it. But I would say, I mean, you know, this stuff that happened in the NEGOP and and as we get through the uh, general election in November, I mean, I think politics in Nebraska is very dynamic, especially on the conservative side right now. And so, you know, I I don't really have any timeline in my head. I've always said that I don't think that I will really, um, you know, dig in one way or the other until after the general election. And I don't see that changing even right now because it's it's just an interesting time watching conservative politics, both as a, a person on the radio that, you know, sometimes reports on it and gives opinions on it. And as a person that's, you know, actively involved in, in helping local efforts. Absolutely. So I want to ask you, uh, you've come on the show, I don't know how many times, and you've harped on you know, the police force and keeping keeping Lincoln safe, whether police and Manning and the streets. So those are obviously priority to you, and they're, they're good priorities to have. Besides those, what is your number one concern for Lincoln, Nebraska right now? Uh, besides that? Yeah. Um, I would say right behind that is I'm a big champion and this obviously goes back to my government service um where i mean just the system of the united states military is accounting at the lower levels right that what we call the tactical and operational levels um i mean we're accounting for every bullet and so it's very disappointing when you're working for the u.s government and the department of defense and you know Hundreds of thousands of young Americans of all types are working that hard to account for every bullet, every piece of paper, every dollar you're spending. 
right, fiscal responsibility. And then you're watching that same government, you know, lose 14, 20 million dollars, you know, in a war zone to hand it over to the Iranians. And or you find out of some uh, impropriety or somebody, you know, maybe doing contracts bad at a higher level, like an admiral or a general. And and that's disappointing. And so what I would say is, is I brought that back and it really bothers me when I look at local state and national government and i either see waste fraud and abuse as we used to call it in the military or i see programs that are politicized that aren't actually helping the mass amounts of the community and like i said we're spending money because of political agendas as opposed to agendas to help the people right so in the case of lincoln I've said for a long time, and, and the police, I believe, LPD in particular, you know, we're getting uh, right-sized in our uh, thinking of spending um, if this new contract goes through with the union, et cetera, et cetera. But it, right behind that is the priority of our budget and our city budget and what we're spending on, right? I don't believe you have to spend $100,000 or $300,000 on every single study group. Now, there's times you do. Richard McGinnis talked about a group, you know, that's justified good, right? But our priorities as a city and what the mayor and the city council have done over the last couple of years, I think are out of whack in our spending. So that would be my answer is our spending. All right, 14993KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 14993KLIN. All right, here on this Friday, uh, this Frogman Friday on Drive Time Lincoln, I'm Jack Riggins, the host, Johnny Cadillac, producing the show. We flipped the script a little bit. Johnny has been interviewing me. It's going well so far, besides the fact he punched the microphone there at the end. <laughs> Everyone makes uh, mistakes. I, I hate to say it, OG Steven. I, it's sad to hear your AC's not working in your work car. Um, all I can suggest is windows <laughs> windows down and drive at the highest possible legal speed. <laughs> but uh, appreciate everybody on the text line. Um, Rick Stein Recognition Hotline 402-479-1400 will be open um, back after the show here. And text line's still going. So, Johnny, what do you got? So we, we kind of have these political discussion i think it's going really well uh more i appreciate that that you think it's going well well i hope (laughs) i hope you think so too but uh more on the national side and we can uh come back after break if we need to uh so i one thing when i think of biden's current presidency Mm -hmm. uh one issue that seems to come to mind and what he like many people like myself who has a ton of student loan debt uh, has been waiting for is what's happening with student loan or student loan forgiveness or whatever from here. Uh, he's made plans that he at least wants to cut back, or I don't think he's going to eliminate it altogether. But like, where do you stand on that? What's what's your look on on student loans and student loan forgiveness and that? Okay, I'll uh, and th- and this might roll over, um, but let me ask you a question, and I will answer that question very directly. Okay, but let me ask you a question. When you uh, went to school, higher education, did you expect to pay back your student loans or didn't you? I did. You did? Yeah. All right. So when you went to school, you willingly chose to go to school and higher education, full well knowing that you were going to repay your loans. It was definitely something I had knowledge of. Okay. So we'll we'll break this down when we come back. 1,499.3 KLIN.
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Well, 537 and 97 degrees. Welcome back to Drive Time Lincoln. I am producer Johnny Cadillac with the distinct honor of interviewing the commander. And uh, we'll just get right back to it, commander, because you kind of left the listeners hanging at the end of the last segment. Uh, student loans. Let's go from there. Yeah, good, good, uh, good intro. I saw you had my mic off. I'm like, oh my god, he's totally taking over the show. But you switched <laughs> it back on, yep. which I appreciate. Um, so again, the reason I asked the question is, so you had the choice to go to higher education or not, and the fact that you clearly, like most Americans, didn't have cash available to pay for that had to factor in um, whether or not to take out student loans. And you said that, yes, I factored that in, and yes, I expected to pay them back. And therefore, you did your higher education, and that was essentially the contract that you signed uh, for those loans and the goods and services, if you will, that you received was a higher education. Right. And then, you know, the university and everybody got paid and there we go. So here's my thought. Folks. Everything is paid for by somebody. That's just not like a line that you constantly hear in the media pundits. Right. Everything costs, you know, even if it's you're going to go mow your yard. It, you know, it costs you energy. It costs you, you know, Walking around doing it. It costs you time. I mean, this is a thing that happens in life all the time, right? Meaning something in, in, when it comes to goods or services always costs. Okay. So if somebody else is going to do it, right? In the case of paying for it, right? Then what's happening in America and why I'm against that is that the rest of us are now paying for your education. Okay. And one, when you're talking about the mass amounts of we're going to relieve the debt, okay, I believe first and foremost, people then are learning a lesson they shouldn't learn, which is that you can go do something and get something for free when that rarely happens in life. Oftentimes, Things that happen for free, if you will, are because of a benevolent nature of fellow human beings helping you out. Okay, so I make the choice, Johnny, that I want to help you, right? Because say I've I've done well in life, and and so I 
I help you, right? It's a human thing. Yeah. When you get into governments and societies, right, you you cannot act, you cannot spend, you cannot make policies that are all benevolent and in in Nirvana world where we get free. So number one, you would be teaching a vast amount of people that they can make decisions, right? And it's of no cost to them, literally. And as soon as those same people, let's use the four-year degree example, go through that four-year degree, they're going to enter the real world with a false lesson of what the world is really like, and all of a sudden now have to compete in the job market and go and do things. And if they want to take out loans for a car or a house, right, they have to pay for these things. We're not going to have a president saying, let's right? just eliminate so mortgage so, Right, so, well, I mean, you'll have some that try on different things, sure. but you're you're creating a false pretense of what the entire world for the last 200, not 200,000, 2,000 years has has worked on. Number two, so you're setting a bad precedence, number one, for the people you're giving it to. And they may or may not be too young to understand the impact. You clearly made that decision, and therefore, you've owned it. Okay? That's an important lesson in life. Number two, somebody has to pay for that. That burden will go on everybody else in society. Okay? I don't want to pay for your student loans. Right. I paid for my own. Right. I went and got a scholarship for the United States Navy and then had to pay my country for five years that education back. That was my contract. Okay. So that's what I did. Other people do sports. Other people do academic scholarships. Other people do work uh, study. Other people do part-time jobs. That mechanism I just described prepares people better for the real world, okay? And frankly, I guess my third thing would be it's a political stunt. That's what it is. It's a political stunt to try to draw young voters and other people to get votes to stay in power opposed to a policy that makes sense for the greater good of the American society. Right. It's the same thing like right now. Adam Morfeld, who's running for county attorney. Think about that. He's going to prosecute the law. That's what he's running to do. Yet he's out there. Which is fine as an American citizen. He's out there wanting to get medical marijuana on the ballot. Now, that's okay to do as a private citizen. But for somebody that's running for an office to enforce the law. That is a little bit of a conflict. Now, not to him, maybe not to some people, but to somebody like me, that makes me go, you know, I don't know if I want that guy to be my county attorney. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, and so, again, why did I bring up Adam Moorfield? Because he's doing that as a political ploy to garner votes. So that's my thoughts on it. There's there's really nothing that gives uh, a long-term advantage to student loan being absolved. Yeah, it's part of growing up, too. You, you yes. learn that discipline, you learn that responsibility, and you go from there. And, uh, I mean, and then, I don't know, I, I feel, you know, the university professors and that, they they deserve their salary, which, you know, goes to help them, too, and that they shouldn't be teaching the, the college kids for free, so... 
Well, I mean, they're going to get their money. Right. It's just who, where's the money going to come from? Exactly. You know, exactly. and in this case, we'd be saying, you know, the taxpayer is going to make up for everybody else's lack of uh, or getting, you know, a, f- a free education. Exactly. So uh, calm things down, maybe calm things down. I don't know, a little bit. Um, I want to also talk about Jack Riggins, the individual. Um, one question I had in mind, first off, say 10-year-old. Jack Riggins. I don't know if you had the dream as a 10-year-old that you were going to either A, say you wanted to work in conservative talk radio, or B, even say, I want to be a Navy SEAL commander. What was the original dream job for you that you remember? Oh, it's easy. Um, I absolutely am a product of uh, the 80s and Top Gun and Rocky Balboa and Delta Force and Pro-America movies you know there was a huge americana going on throughout the 80s um and as a child um you know we we grew up very a lot of us in these small towns grew up you know pro america and with my family having service background i knew i was going to be in the military that was my dream job and and uh, my first one would have been um to be a fighter pilot and again very top gun influence there if you will um, and then, um, you know, but, but by the time I got to 16, it was special operations and, uh, and, you know, SEAL team kind of had, had my hook, but I will say the other thing I, I dreamed about and thought about is if that didn't work out, cause I'm a big contingency guy, not everything works out in life like you want. Right. I, 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 I would have been at that time in my life and even till 25, I would have said teaching and coaching. Um, I would have, I would have loved to have been a teacher. Um, and a coach of young people. And I do that now kind of consulting. And I really do, having lived through the 20 year military career, feel that my entire career was really just teaching and coaching and mentoring. So I, I, I've kind of had the best of both worlds. But again, I set goals. I went out and got with experts and people that could help me with my goals. And I stayed away from people that, you know, detracted from them, if they will. I certainly tried to screw it up plenty growing up, but uh, <laughs> it worked out. Yeah. Good question. So it really was. Always kind of your dream to uh, to go into the military. Then that's yeah, or my dream to be on teams. I, I yeah, that's I, true. Yeah, I've enjoyed team dynamics. I'm not a solo worker, if you will. I'm not. I don't enjoy just being by myself. I, I enjoy um, groups of people and teams and and you know a bunch of people saying, hey, let's go do this, let's go do this, and and accomplishing it or trying to accomplish. Yeah. It. So and so you said military. And so it wasn't necessarily always a Navy, though, or was it? Then? Well, like I said, I mean, I, come on, I, even with Top Gun Maverick out, I mean, I, it was a big influential thing. Sure. And, um, and I, you know, as families would go, my stepsister was in the Navy for a while, but we didn't really have big Navy influence. So I think a little bit of the rogue in me was like, hey, you know, do the United States Navy, see the world and Top Gun. So it definitely was, you know, Navy fighter pilot. I did not, uh, I did not wake up as little Jack Riggins and think, <laughs> much about the other services but i thought about the united states navy a lot and then you know uh when it came to special operations as i thought you know maybe what am i more uh really want to do so to speak but i would have been happy in both jobs um and then so seal team just kind of won that but uh in the end of the day uh yeah it, it was good no i i'm pretty focused on that and like i said if it wasn't that then you you probably would have found me uh teaching and coaching you know at a small high school or maybe a high school here in lincoln nebraska something like that okay now one thing you also mentioned in all that is travel the world and i know uh just by interacting with you every day 
that that is very true that you've done just that you know the intro of the show talks about it mm-hmm. and uh i know a while back i was looking to travel overseas and i still am you know i have family in europe and uh and i talked i just came to you for advice and you that turned into a conversation about all these countries you've been to and it seemed like there was far more countries that you've been to than haven't been to and i, I don't know what the exact ratio is but uh is there a dream vacation for you? Is there oh. somewhere you haven't been to yet that you really do want to go to? Wow, you 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 you're I know you're smiling over there cuz you've stumped me. A dream vacation. All right, I'm going to have to talk for a second while I think um <laughs> my wife's probably going to kill me, but she knows this. Uh so I'm a terrible vacationer. People people probably get that sense. Like I'm like a bulldog on a target. <laughs> I'm about the process, you know. Enjoy the process. Uh, I'm a bum when it comes to vacations and and downtime. I, I and I, I mean that not in a good way, folks. Everyone should enjoy a break and vacation. Um, oftentimes, for me, it's doing something competitive. <laughs> um. You know, I guess what I would say is if I had to pick one and and take everybody, and I know it's going to sound so bad because I'm so golf-related, but it it would be Northern Ireland, Scotland, and and that area of the world. Um, It has a lot of interesting history. It has history that in some way, you know, going down to Great Britain and England, you know, you can connect to American history. Um, and so I've been there once myself um, on a guy's trip and a golf trip. I would like to take my family back there and show them that. It's it's not a big place, so you can drive around and you can see a lot, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but, you know, Johnny, I, about anywhere. I I cannot tell you one of my biggest disappointments, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I mean, we chose to live in Lincoln, Nebraska after service time. Um, Not disappointments, but things I miss. What I miss is meeting and interacting with people from other countries and around the world. And I don't care where it is. It just okay. you just didn't grow up in America, right? And I I miss that the most. Right. I love it. So we did have a text message come in, not on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline, but the Johnny Cadillac Hotline oh, okay. from listener Doug Fitzgerald, okay. who wants to know the One Shot, One Life multiplier here on Drive Time Lincoln. What is one thing you wish you would have known earlier in life that would, uh, that would have made a greater impact on you to those around you today? Great question, uh, Doug Fitzgerald, One Shot, One Life. Good plug, too, Johnny, by the way. Thank you. Um, To treat everybody uh, with respect and dignity on a a non-judgmental basis as you meet them, meaning... You hear a lot about people. You, it's just human nature to have rumors and to have other people tell you about people and situations that you weren't present, and and then you make judgment on them before you've actually engaged or met them. And and I know this sounds maybe very Bibleish for people, but I've studied a lot of the major world religions, and it's in it's it's in there 
most of us have been told it when we're young, but, you know, treat others as you wish to be treated, right? And and I wish I would have learned, and I probably did not learn until late 20s, maybe early 30s, um, to just, as you interact and meet people, make your judgment and your opinions and, and go forth, but treat them with dignity and respect um, because we all have something to learn from each other. And so I, my point is, I think I missed a lot of great life lessons from people because of being a very kind of judgmental person when I was young. Good answer. And no, and I've, I've seen that resonate with you. Um, I mean, just right away, I instantly thought of one of my favorite guests we've had on the show, Natalie Weiss. Oh yeah. She's one of our favorites. Yeah. No. And you two, like politically, you see opposite ends of the spectrum and she was hesitant to come on here at first, and you know yeah. she had some requests to you to meet, and of course wanted to meet you in person. And uh, then you you came and you proved to her like, hey, I'm I'm not here to attack you, and and look yeah. how things are now. Like, I mean, yeah. well, I'm convinced if like Natalie and I, and even um, if you take you know Eric Underwood, who I know who used to be the Lancaster County uh, Republican Party chair, and Hannah Robleski, the Democratic Party chair. Uh, trust me, in my interactions with all four of those, well, me being the fourth, listen, we could get a lot of sol- lot solved um, in the political sphere and, and leadership of people um, because we're all willing to talk. And and um, and you're right, though, but that's a good example of breaking down barriers, um, you know, on Natalie's part, on my part. Um, and I, I do. I consider her a friend and I wish her the best and things where we can agree. I'm going to try to help and. On other areas, you know, we we might bicker and fight about it, but, you know, it's not going to be catastrophic, right? It's not going to be, oh, we can't get along. And I think that's a powerful lesson. And I probably, again, didn't learn that until, you know, I did start traveling the world and dealing with other cultures and had to be taught and find uh, unique creative ways to reach people through religion, reach people through language barriers, color barriers, et cetera, et cetera. and yeah, listen, folks. A uh, little philosophy, but in the end of the day, we 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 don't all live forever. Forever, you know, people die, bad things happen. But you know, it's my great goal that the world's a better place whenever I leave it. You know, that's what I think we all have an impact and potential every day to think about. And uh, you know, I'm trying my best. But yeah, when you're a radio show talk host like I am, I mean, you're at some level you are going to get boxed in because of the show. Um, and I do that, you know, knowingly to myself at times, but, uh, love interacting with people. So never be afraid to come up on the street and engage with me. Cause I might just talk your ear off. <laughs> 1499.3KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3KLIN. All right, before we get out of here, there's an excessive heat warning, 98, but it really feels like 103, 105. It's hot out there today, folks, so make sure you hydrate and just uh, keep it on a low and slow. Uh, Johnny, really impressed. Good show. Thank you. Thank you. So I do, those people who know me know what I'm passionate about. I made a hint earlier. Uh, wrestling? Oh, you nailed it Is right that on it? the head. Oh, lucky guess, Jack. And uh, anyway, so a couple months ago, um, you gave me the opportunity to talk about a big wrestling story that was making headlines everywhere, and that was Vince McMahon was stepping down at CEO, CEO at the time of World Wrestling Entertainment, and uh, there's the allegations going on against him. I had you look up an article 
a couple weeks ago, I now bring it to your attention because you always, you know, you care about wrestling. You don't actively watch enough, but you still care about it. And you every I once do. in a while want me to give you updates. So I had to give you the big one. Vince McMahon, two weeks ago, announces his retirement at the age of 77. We should, have, we should have broke it on air two weeks ago. We should have. That's my fault. That's okay. <laughs> well, here we are two weeks later. Let's talk about it. Um. Well, you know what? He he retired, but let's be honest. It's a family business. Yeah. And, yes, he officially retired, but I'm sure that uh, given what I've seen of Vince McMahon, um, he will still be pulling the strings and influential in the world wrestling uh, entertainment industry um, till he dies. He just doesn't strike me as a man that's ever going to uh, get on the Jack Riggins, just go walk eight miles plan. That, yeah, that's what I think. Hey, folks, I want to tell you real quick, uh, I will be out Monday through Wednesday. Doug Fitzgerald will be on both days. We're going to have uh, Chris Beckenbaugh on and uh, talk about Union Bank and the Big Give. And then Tuesday, State Senator Rob Clements will be on as well. So uh, we'll just keep on rolling here on Drive Time Lincoln. Thanks again, Johnny. 1499.3 KLIN.